We've covered a lot of applications here at Tech Emergence uh, in the domain of natural language processing. If you go on Google and you type in natural language processing use cases or NLP in business or any permutations of those keywords, you're going to find a lot of Tech Emergence coverage. If you go on the website at techemergence.com or soon to be emerge, E-M-E-R-J.com, and you type in NLP in the search bar, you're going to find uh, natural language processing for customer service, uh, NLP for marketing applications, and all sorts of interesting sort of niche uses of natural language processing, but not so much about internal and team communication, which is going to be the focus of this particular interview. We spoke this week with Nishant Chandra, who is a data science leader at AIG. This interview actually took place in Bangalore and in, in India during our pretty robust AI in India research project where we spoke with dozens and dozens of folks in government, in the unicorn companies and fast-growing AI companies uh, in the Indian landscape, as well as some of the larger firms like AIG, who happen to have a lot of very talented PhDs like Nishan Chandra, uh, based in Bangalore. Um, in this episode, we talk about how a single document, maybe it's a legal document or financial document, might be shared with different people in a company in a different way. For example, some frontline worker might maybe not have access to certain sorts of very high-level, potentially legally damaging information or the kind of information that shouldn't be leaked to the press, and, and that same report might be presented in a way that's sort of digestible and understandable to a person in that particular role. Similarly speaking, the same document sent to uh, the CFO or somebody who works directly under the CFO may include another entirely different swath of details specific to their role, specific to their needs, and sort of summarizing the same document in a way where it becomes more relevant for them. This would make it so that instead of a broad memo or a broad notification that would go out across a country or a company or a department, that this would turn into something that was more like a tailored message to individuals based on what they needed to know and how quickly we could get that message across. Potentially, this would be very, very sort of encouraging in terms of bringing about new efficiencies within business, but it's not an easy task. Nishant speaks with us about some of his work in NLP, some of the challenges in this domain, and where he thinks NLP will serve this kind of summarization and efficiency role uh, in internal company communication in the next five years ahead. Certainly uh, an interesting perspective from a fella uh, who spent a lot of time in this particular domain. And for anybody curious as to sort of new applications of NLP, particularly in summarizing and adding context to text data, uh, this should be a more than interesting interview. So without further ado, I'm Dan Fagella, and this is AI and Industry. We're going to dive directly onto our interview on NLP for team communication with Nishant Chandra. Yeah, so Nishant, maybe we can start with some of your work in NLP and natural language understanding for team communication. We were talking just a second ago off microphone about how it might be possible to not just summarize documents in a simple way, but understand and share context between people. How does that work today when you have to explain it to business folks? So thanks, Dan. What we really want to do, Dan, is to take the academic use cases to a level which can be significantly useful in production, in production of AI in industry, mass um, application. 
In this particular case, what we do is a very simple academic use case of natural language processing is document summarization, where one huge document, you just find out the keywords and then summarize it. The hierarchical approach to this is uh, to take that document and create context. A legal document, for example, may have context from financial data. A legal document can have context from medical data. And so if somebody wants to summarize just the financial part of the legal document, they should be able to do that. It gives the teams the granularity to then read through just the financial-related data. What it also does is it creates user-level access to that data. You know, if this particular document is given then to technology team who may not be authorized to look at the financial numbers or certain financial dealings, then you can give that granularity of access to these teams. Got it. Maybe, and I'm just going to put a little color on this and maybe get some just representative like hows from this. What I'm imagining in my mind as you're articulating this process is maybe there's some kind of a long legal document that has some important medical details and it's sent along to maybe the medical team at some large company somewhere and they say, you know, why does this matter to me or what are the main takeaways from the medical part of this? And maybe they would be able to enter a query in such a way or something where the summarization would be for what they would care about. It seems like right now, I can't think of anywhere where that's being able to be done in a nice interface where you're like, I'm on the drop down medical team and I'm interested in, you know, you select a simple thing and then boom, you get your own customized one page summary. It's clearly a bit more complicated than that, but that's kind of what I'm imagining is that different types of summarization for different types of kind of contextual areas. What does that look like, I guess? You are correct. It can have, you know, possibly multiple different kind of summarization. So, for example, in today's world, what we do is search engine is very useful for us today, right? Why is it so useful? Because a web page would have multiple tags and each of those tags essentially is a representation that, you know, information around that tag is available in this web page. The contextual summarization is taking that entire concept to a totally new level. You know, instead of one single keyword or a tag available, what you are doing is you can then look at a bunch of such documents, a bunch of web pages, a bunch of PDFs, and summon for one tag. Going back to your medical information, you know, I need to find out information about every patient who has a certain kind of cancer, very specific cancer, had an age group between this and this, and had a lifestyle of, say, non-smoker and multiple other things. So, you know, earlier or as of today, what we do is we just have a keyword, one keyword. But now what you are doing is you are creating this entire ecosystem where very in-depth analysis can be done from huge amount of text data and can be presented to the audience in a very concise, clear, and uh, useful manner. And so there's more criteria than just simply, hey, I'm on the medical team and I'd like to get the summers. You know, you could say, 
all different kinds of clusters of maybe concepts and factors and features and, and just get what's useful from that. From what you're saying, not just from this document, but from a library of documents. From a library of yep. documents. And then from the same library of documents, I can then query something totally different. I can query how many such cases resulted in, say, a legal case, you know, because the lifestyle may end up leading into some legal dispute yeah. at a later point of time. Or I can have a totally third dimension of search where, you know, we are looking at creating a distribution of such kind of disease over a period of age as a factor. So the same document can be contextually summarized in various different ways and can be used to people with perhaps very, very different kind of use cases. And I guess what you just said there puts a lot of context on sort of the insurance industry, I suppose, if you're in the business of insurance you'd want to look at, you'd have a lot of questions, right? Because you're working off these models and you're pricing things and you're making decisions. And instead of saying like, well, it's a cancer and so it probably has this range of risk and it probably results in this because broadly that's kind of how the statistics have shaken out. Instead of looking at that level, there might be a way to look at, again, really particular pointed questions from huge reams of information and come up with something more meaningful than just having to accept that we're just going to have to use these statistical abstractions seems like you, you get exactly. to a lot more detail. So that's really interesting. And also, as you had mentioned, we might be able to take those documents and understand, depending on who's querying things, who has access to what. So you can query certain things if you have access through certain terminals or certain logins or, or whatnot. For team communication, we could imagine that this would be important too, You know, whether it's a big company memo or some legal case that an executive team needs to understand, but they're not all lawyers. They could kind of drink it in a little bit more quickly. I guess as a second question, I imagine you think a good deal about this. Years into the future, probably some degree of deeper text search and insight that's derivable from text libraries of different kinds will become probably more commonplace. I mean, right now it's pretty much a wizard skill to do hardcore NLP, but there will be increasingly applications and I imagine there's going to be some great efficiencies with this stuff. What does sort of the office world or team communication world look like, you know, three years in the future if this stuff really picks up? How does this change business in general, I suppose? So that's a very good question. Think about it where we are coming from. In last 15 years, search has been the single most important criteria for the success of our personal and professional life. You know, in 2000, search was considered as a solved problem. And then certainly we realized how much it was not solved and how it changed our life. And so, you know, what is the next search? Uh, you know, where are we finding limitation in documents naturally? So what we really see is the limitation. You know, right now, after you do search, what you find is a lot of documents individually, you press every single tab, you open multiple tabs, and then sit down and make a cohesive story in your mind. You make your own story in your mind, bringing in information from 5, 10, 15 different it's tabs. Totally. Very right? common. Very common. It's very common, but it's very complicated. You have to do it. What the search of next generation would look like, you know, it will be presented as a, going back to the context. Once the 
machine learning algorithm understands what exactly context are you looking at, then the search would be presented to you in a very concise manner, precisely to your context. And that is really how we would see this application being very useful in next life cycle of search. And that obviously applies everywhere, right? It applies everywhere. It's mind-blowing in a certain sense. We haven't really thought about it, but that is exactly what the future is. We already could think that Google is kind of like replacing a part of our mind by just doing the searching. But when the actual sort of answers, the meaning, the meaning in reference to our goals is done by technology, what will that look like? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about not just, well, search pulls up what you're searching for. Well, what if search knew why? And then what if search could pool it together? Because that's what I'm doing. That's part of my why. That's where I'm going. What if that could be done for me? Really incredible to think, you know, the kids who are going to have phones that do that level of analysis, you know, what that's going to look like. But I mean, many areas of this, the hard technology are going to progress. I think a problem that will have to be solved in the future, maybe you think about this area too. I know research is obviously your domain more than UI from what I know, is that how people do that would seem to be actually kind of an unanswered question. In other words, how do I enter my intent, which sometimes isn't really simple. It's not like a one in five drop down, right? It's like my intent for searching for something might be, you know, I need to figure out how to price this kind of service offering because I've never sold this before and I need to create something. Or, you know, I'm putting together a presentation for some investors who may want to invest in my company and I need to understand the market size of my... These are kind of like sentences with a whole bunch of nested meaning in order to get a machine to get on the same page to find the pages and then distill the insights that are relevant for my goals. Wow, like that interface seems really complex. I don't know if you see progress there too, but that seems like a hard problem. It is. Like any AI problem, as we always say, intelligence is just one thing, but what you also have to do is you have to have some level of human comprehension to it. You know, UI is complex, but it's not impossible to do that because, you know, we kind of imagine this entire Domain of UI also gradually improving over a period of time. What I see from today is, to some extent, this context can be derived directly from your past, uh, which is very much uh, prevalent. It is also possible to kind of, number one, heuristically predict it, or it can also be possible to explicitly provide it. You know, whether you explicitly say it or type it uh, remains to be seen. I also foresee typing being very slow process and eventually kind of fading away from this also. Again, this is very futuristic uh, in certain (laughs) sense. I feel that typing is, is a very, very slow process. The speed at which we think, the speed at which we talk, typing kind of slows us significantly. And so that would also change. And UI UX folks can probably take a hint here. (laughs) Yes, I hope they can. I know there's probably very few explicitly UI people tuned in, but if you are, uh, damn well listen. Uh, So yeah, challenge. Yeah, yeah, hopefully someone will reply with a challenge accepted, and I'll give you a high five. Yeah, I'm very excited for the QWERTY keyboard as the mode of interface with machines. I think has to improve for 
the flow of the level of depth of meaning that we're talking about. So that is a problem that will be tough to solve. But at least technically, more and more of this will be possible and somebody's going to figure out how to make it Indeed. work. So cool. Awesome. It's so, a teamwork. It's not an individual work. Yeah, and yes, I think yep. it, you know, we all will come together as a humanity and, and make it better for all of us. That is indeed the point. Maybe that's the best point to end on. So Nishant, thank you so much. For <laughs> thank you, Dan. Yep. That's all for this episode on the AI and Industry Podcast, where we explore the applications and implications of AI in your business or industry. And when it comes to those benefits of real insight in terms of artificial intelligence applications in business, this show is really just the tip of the iceberg. AI and Industry is produced by Tech Emergence, and over at techemergence.com, you can find actionable industry-specific coverage, including case studies, unique market research with charts and graphs, and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, Most of our podcast listeners get the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. I'm Dan Fagella. This is AI and Industry, and we'll catch you next week.